Hello and welcome to Backline Banter, episode six. This one is a big episode in terms of what we're talking about, but it will be a little shorter and a bit of a mini episode, you could say, because we are just focusing on Liverpool versus Chelsea, Carabao Cup final, 1-0 winners, absolute limbs, what a game, and we'll be talking about everything to do with the game, the lineups beforehand. I'm going to give everybody who came on for Liverpool something out of 10 just to rate their performance and I cannot wait to get into it. I do have to apologize first up, it is a bit late, five days, but like I said in the last one, I just couldn't help it. I didn't have enough time. I went on camp just after I released the episode prior to this one and I'm back and hopping back straight into it. So yeah, wow, wow. One nil winners. You love to see it. So a lot of talking points in the game. Uh, first up, we are going to go through the lineups before the game started. And we're going to do a little bit of this thing where pretty much is we'll go position by position. Obviously, they don't play, play exactly the same formation, but, you know, close enough. So we'll go position by position and see who has the better starting lineup. So obviously 11 players. So if Liverpool, in my opinion, has won six player positions, then, you know, you could argue they have the better team. So just just a fun little thing we can do. So starting off with the goalkeeper for Chelsea, the man Petrovic, who he's done really well stepping up in light of Sanchez's injury in the Premier League in any competition, done really well. Very good number two. And for Liverpool, Kelleher, which in my opinion, one of the best second keepers in the world and I mean, you can tell by that which player is better. I do think Kelleher. Petrovic is good, but Kelleher just on another level, to be honest. So Liverpool with a better spot in goals. So 1-0 to Liverpool. Four right back. Liverpool, of course, Connor Bradley. And right back for Chelsea, Gusto. Now, this one's a little bit trickier, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, because I really, really want to say Bradley. I think based on form now, Bradley, definitely better. But I feel like you've got to take in a little bit of consideration the experience. You know, this is a massive final where some players and, you know, young ones could could crumble a little bit. Of course, Bradley, that didn't happen. But I feel like I've got to give this one to Gusto. He's just played a fair few more games than Connor Bradley and has been solid, you know, a very good replacement for Reese James because that man just cannot stay uninjured. Uninjured, yeah, great word. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, sadly, I love Connor Bradley and give him the rest of the season and I'd say he's better than Gusto. And at the moment, I think he's better than Gusto, but overall, Gusto is a little bit better. So I'd say 1-1. One, one. And again, I'm not saying I would rather Gusto. I'd rather keep Bradley if I had a chance, you know. Or would you transfer swap Bradley for Gusto? No chance. But 
But it's just that experience where, and I'm I'm trying to be unbiased as I can, you know. So for one of the centre backs, I'm gonna pair up Kanate, Kanate and Desassi, both solid centre backs, both very solid. Desassi coming in this season for Chelsea from Monaco, I believe. The two Frenchmen, and this one's a pretty simple one for me. Kanate, definitely better. He's one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League, in my opinion. Absolute, so solid and very underrated, in my opinion. Sadly, years prior, injuries and all that, they come in pretty frequently for him, which is a bit disappointing. You know, he's never been able to play a full season, all the games. That's why it's so good having Matip to step in for him. But yeah, overall, definitely Kanate is better than Desassi. So 2-1. The other centre-backs, there's not much that needs to be said this one. For Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk. And for Chelsea, Levi Colwell. Um, Yeah, I'm quickly going to move on from this one. Van Dijk, so clear. Don't even need to explain why. So 3-1 to Liverpool. Left back, Robertson. And then for Chelsea, their left back, Cheerwell, who captained them on the day. Again, I've got to say Robertson is better. I do, I do. Cheerwell, yes, he's probably played more games recently due to Robertson, you know, being injured, of course. But Robertson has the experience of playing at such high-level cup finals. Cheerwell also has that good experience, but doesn't have that winning mentality, in my opinion. You know, losing two cup finals to us two years ago. So it's another win for Liverpool, in my opinion. 4-1. And I mean, at the moment, I thought it would be a lot closer. But we are we have just done the back line. And Liverpool's strongest point in this lineup is the back line, I'd say. So for the midfield three and Chelsea's midfield three, I mean, they've kind of got two DMs and then like three attack, well, one central attack in mid and then Palmer and Sterling on the right. So I'll try to do as best as I can to try and compare the right people. So I'll go McAllister compared to Enzo Fernandez. Now, both the Argentinians, both absolute solid players and I mean it's not really a close one in my opinion I think McAllister's clear if somebody did argue Enzo I would hear them out and then I'd be like yeah nah mate you know McAllister clear so that's 5-1 there we'll go Endo and Caicedo so both sit pretty deep Endo the more defensive midfield for Liverpool of course now if we're just talking about player we're not even regarding about money I would probably say Caicedo overall but I think Endo is so so solid and if you told me at the start of the season you can have Caicedo for 110 million but you won't get Endo or don't get Caicedo and have Endo for for 40 35 million I believe somewhere around that I would 100% take Endo and that's what we've done this season because he's so solid and if we're talking about and if we're talking about prices and taking that into it then I would take Endo because Caicedo for all that money you would just expect him to be a bit better but overall you know taking a few other seasons as well Caicedo overall I would say is better than Endo so 5-2. The next one, Graven Birch and Connor Gallagher. 
Gallagher plays a little bit more forward, but Gravenberch does also lurk a bit forward as well. So, oh, it's tough because I'm trying to take Vice out of it. I really am because personally, I think Gravenberch is better. I think a lot of people, especially neutrals, probably see that and we're like, hmm, at the moment, no. Potential, yeah, but at the moment, no. And yeah, I've, I've got to agree. Gallagher, he's been really well for Chelsea. Lately, putting in the goals for him to rescue some points and make and not drop that bottom half of the table. But I do think Gravenberch has that potential to be better than Gallagher. And if you told me, would you do a swap now? I'd say no, because I think in a year's time, two years, Gravenberch is going to be absolute quality, even though he is already, but he just needs that little fine tuning and he will be absolutely flying. So Gallagher, yep, better at the moment. So that makes it 5-3. Up to the forward line, pretty much. Harvey Elliott versus Cole Palmer. Now, this is a tough one for me because I love Harvey Elliott. Do not get me wrong about that. What a man, what a youngster. Always comes in clutch for us, like absolute quality. I think I might have said last episode or the one before that, I think he's been so unlucky to not start as many games as he has because he does the job off the bench and, you know, what more can you do as a substitute? Come on, get an assist, get the goals to help your team, getting the three points, getting a draw, whatever. He's done so well. I mean, to be fair, the reason where he hasn't really started is he's he's not that traditional centre mid kind of like Gravenberch and McAllister are. You know, he plays a little bit more forward and that's why this game, he played right wing, more forwarder, but Cole Palmer is Cole Palmer. Absolutely bursted onto the scene this season. And I actually really like Cole Palmer too. I think he's just ice cold, top, top quality player. So sadly, I do have to say Cole Palmer is better. If I had the chance to switch him, oh, oh no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't, I can't switch Harvey Elliott over. But Cole Palmer is absolute quality and what a man he is going to be and what a player he will become. So I do have to say Cole Palmer is better. So that moves it to 5-4. Up front, we have Jackson versus Cody Gakpo. Now, this one's a pretty easy one in my opinion. Jackson, he's not bad. He's not bad. He reminded. He reminds me a bit of... A bit of Darwin Nunez in his first season. And I mean, some people could say now, but I think Darwin Nunez at the moment, he finishes chances, you know what I'm saying? Jackson, yeah, just he misses some. He seems to score harder goals than he can easy. He seems to miss the easy ones and then put some nice goals away. And the potential is there, but I feel like it's going to take another season, maybe two, to make him a real top striker. I mean, Pochettino said that he can become world-class and, I mean, I do agree with him to, to a certain point, but I think it will take a little bit while, but it doesn't matter. He's quite young and, yeah, Cody Gakbo takes it for me. What a player he is. Again, I would have said it a few episodes ago, I think he's so unlucky, like Harvey Elliott, to not get more starts kind of thing, but as... 
Liverpool's forward line is such a hard forward line to break into. You know, you got Jota, Mo Salah, Nunez, Diaz. Just to be kind of in that rotation and be that player to get subbed on for one of those boys is a massive achievement for him. And as well, he's gotten double-digit scoring figures in all comps. So it just shows you that. When he gets his chances, he most of the time, he does finish him. And he is such a quality player. Last season, when we got him from PSV, I was like, yes, this is a good signing. I really like it. And yeah, he's been quality. And I'm a big fan. And for sure, better than Gakpo. 6-4. Then last position, left wingers. Diaz versus Sterling. And to be honest, this one really isn't that tough for me. I think Diaz is better than Sterling. Obviously, if we're talking about all time, Sterling has had a better career. But at the moment, Diaz playing really well. Some some games, he hasn't been able to finish the chances, but you don't expect him to score 100% of the time. But when he does find the back of the net, you'll love to see it. Absolute quality player, creates chances. And like I said, finishes them as well. And yeah, better than Sterling. So it's actually ended 7-4. So seven Liverpool players to four Chelsea players that I think is better. Which, to be honest, is a lot more than I actually thought at the start. I thought it was going to be close and I thought possibly Chelsea take it. But of course, that is not taking account for the bench as well because... Chelsea's bench compared to Liverpool's on the day was very, very stacked compared to ours. That is 100% for sure. Like, I'll just run you through them. If I had to do the same thing I've done with a bench, I think Chelsea would then overcome. But yeah, I'll run through them. So Chelsea, Nkuku, Mudrik, Madaweke, Chalabar, Sanchez, Bentele, Gilchrist, and Tuanium. So pretty much four what it looks to be kind of youngsters, players I haven't really heard of, and then four quality players with a solid goalkeeper in Sanchez on the bench. Compared to Liverpool's, Joe Gomez, Clark, Simicas, McConnell, Dance, Kwanzaa, Adrian, Kumas, and Nyoni. I hope I've said that right. But yeah, what a youngster. 16 years of age. Wow. And at the time of recording, the Liverpool-Southampton game has been played. I'm not going to do an episode on that because I didn't get to watch it because I was on camp. No reception where we were at. So wasn't it was unable to watch the game. He got a substitute appearance against Southampton. Youngest Liverpool player ever. And... Yeah, wow, fair play to him. Like, that is crazy to think that young of a player playing for Liverpool, good on to him. But yeah, like I said, so yeah, obviously we have Joe Gomez and Simi Cass, who I'd say, you know, a bit older players, but then the rest youngsters. You got Clark, McConnell, Dan's, Kwanzaa, who you could argue, obviously, he's a bit above. All the youngsters, I guess, because he has started a fair few games. He started in the Premier League and he is a very good, solid centre-back. And then, yeah, like I said, Kumas and Yoni and Adrian, 
on the bench as a goalkeeper. So a very, very young side on the bench and even out on the pitch, he was quite young to be honest. I believe actually I saw a stat at the end of the game when the full-time whistle was blown that our average age of the squad was like 23 points something because obviously a lot of the youngsters got subbed on, Quonset, Dance, McConnell, Clark. So, I mean, I'm going to touch on it a lot more and <laughs> a lot more times. Just, wow, the, you know, the youngsters doing a great job. High pressure situation, needed some fresh legs to come in for extra time and they did a fabulous job. But yeah, so 7-4 in terms of player versus player in the team. But of course, Chelsea, a lot more of a normal team they're used to as, you know, this is of course... This is a squad they've had for the fair few last Premier League games where obviously everyone is familiar with each other, but you won't see this lineup in a long time when all the injured players come back. Now, first thing I'm going to touch on in terms of the game is 28th minute Graven Perch going down injured. Just, ah, oh, not good news for us, that's for sure. When I saw him go down, I said, please tell me he is not injured and yeah he didn't get back up and it was and at that point you were like oh that is not 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 good so like I said 28th minute Gravenberch kicked the ball out and Caicedo just followed through full studs on the ankle he had to get stretched off and yeah it's so sad to see especially at the moment so many injuries it Genuinely, it's like every game, we're just getting more and more injuries. Like it is going to be a very, very difficult rest of the season for us in terms of all the cups, in terms of the Europa, the FA Cup, and especially the Premier League to keep it going with such a small squad at the moment. And I just want players to get back as soon as they can. Good recovery, but of course, not too quickly where they come back and they just get injured straight away. So yeah, Graven Birch, an ankle injury. It's not too much on when he should return, but hopefully it is during this month. It's not too bad. And yeah, best of wishes for the recovery for Graven Perch. When he went down, it was a bit of the case of, oh, say he is unable to continue, which he was, who will be brought on like because the only midfielders we have is Clark, McConnell and and Kumas hasn't even got his first like Liverpool appearance apart from club friendlies so it was either McConnell or Clark and I didn't mind which one of them came on if they did but it definitely would have been very difficult and I would have been a bit worried just because they don't have that much experience and such a big competition, big moment, the pressure would have been crazy for him. So I think Klopp made a beautiful decision by subbing Joe Gomez on, who's been playing phenomenal recently and deserves minutes. So yeah, he gets subbed on. So obviously Gomez, not a midfielder. He slotted into right back. Connor Bradley went to right wing and Harvey Elliott went to that center mid spot. So big changes pretty early on. Definitely Klopp was not expecting that and of course didn't want that to happen. But as we know, it all played out well. I thought the whole game, Connor Bradley 
not massively in the game. Of course, you know, his preferred position is right back and he does a great job at right back. Last season at Bolton, when he was on loan, he did play, you know, sometimes that right wing, that right mid spot. So it wasn't completely unfamiliar with him. Just, yeah, not his primary position, which he plays week in, week out. But for a player, that's not his usual position. He did good regardless. And that's what I love about his squad. Like there's so many players where, of course, their primary position is this but they can also do a job other positions when need be. And there's nothing better when a player can play more than one position and do a quality job. Just helps out the squad a lot. Connor Bradley did get subbed off in the 72nd minute for Clark that came on. So you probably would have expected him to play pretty much a full game if he stayed at right back. But right wing, he did a lot of running and again... I have said it a few times, but he did a quality job there. He did what he had to. And yeah, Clark on for him in the 72nd minute. The other subs we had in the game for Liverpool was in the 87th minute, a triple change. Simicas on for Robertson. McConnell on for McAllister. And Dan's on for Gakpo. So yeah, we just needed those bit of fresh legs going into extra time. And it was a bit disappointing and nerve-wracking kinda to see you know our quality players Gakpo, McAllister, Robertson come off for I mean Simi Cass of course can do the job but McConnell and Dan's just not that experience you know it feels like you lose something but no not at all the way they played the passion they showed the energy levels and just the complete professionalism from them absolutely outstanding and did a great job coming on the last sub, the fifth and final that we used for the game, 106th minute, Kwanzaa coming on for Kanate. Kanate, very solid game from him, of course, didn't let a goal in, but was on a yellow card, and I think Klopp just thought, oh, just in case, because I think if he gets another yellow, then Chelsea going to have an amazing chance to get a winner in extra time. So put him on, solidify it up. You know, if they're on the break, Kwanzaa then can make that challenge where Kanate wouldn't be, get a yellow card, get away with it. For Chelsea's side, for their subs, the 67th minute, Nkuku came on for Sterling. The 90th minute, Mudrick came on for Jackson. And 97th minute, Matawake for Gallagher. And their last one they used, they only did four compared to Liverpool six, was Chalabar in the 113th minute for Chilwell. So, yeah, those first three subs, I see them coming on the pitch and I go, damn, that is some quality players coming on. In Cuckoo especially, I thought, oh, he's going to be some problem. And then you have Mudrick as well. Yeah, rapid against some of our players who didn't get a rest, you know, like Van Dyke And yeah, Matawake too, quality player. So thought, we are in a bit of trouble. They do have a very good attacking options now. But now I'll talk about some of the chances. I won't go too in-depth and talk about, you know, all of Chelsea's chances, all of Liverpool's chances, but just the pretty big ones. Early on in the game, Gallagher whipped the ball to Sterling back post, but Connor Bradley doing very well to get himself in front of the ball, stop Sterling from able to get that tap in, that shot back post. It bounces 
to Cole Palmer, who has a shot. And wow, what a save by Kelleher. Absolute class. Just Rick Cole Palmer, the goal at his mercy. He had to score, but Kelleher making himself big. And what a save with the left arm. And I'm sure I'll talk about him a lot this in these highlights because, wow, what a game he had. Chelsea, once again, actually scored not too long after. Cole Palmer played a bolt to Jackson, which Jackson played it back post to Sterling, who was able to tap it in. But, of course, Jackson was just offside when Cole Palmer passed it to him. I believe all the Liverpool backline thought it was offside, and it was closer than I thought, to be honest. It was very, very close. But as soon as it happened, I was like, Nah, it's offside, surely. And yeah, it was. So nil, nil still. Big chance for Liverpool after Cody Gakpo with a header that hits the post. Diaz just in the box, just doing a nice little dribble, holding himself up, holding the play up in the box, plays a pass out to Robertson, who whips it straight to Gakpo's head. He gets a good jump, gets good purchase on it. But like I said, he just hits the post. In my opinion, he has to score there, but he was just trying to make it such a good finish where Petrovic had no chance to save it. And yeah, so close hitting the post. Liverpool again with a chance. Diaz making a very, very good run. Skips past Enzo Fernandez, gets in the box, slips a pass to Harvey Elliott, who cuts it back, it bounces back to Diaz, he plays it to Connor Bradley in the box, on the right, has a shot, but a very good block for Gallagher. Petrovic probably would have saved it, even if Gallagher didn't block it, but it would have been very close. Yeah, what a block by Gallagher. On to the second half now, and what a big talking point this Goal ruled out was. So, 60th minute, Robertson takes a free kick outside the box, a fair bit outside the box, on the left, curls one beautifully. Van Dyke does a very good run just to peel off his defender and just does a beautiful headed finish into the corner. What a goal, what a cross, what a finish by Virgil van Dyke. What we needed because this game, a fair few chances for both teams. No one able to be clinical though and finish it. But Van Dyke pops up with the header. But celebrations are done. VAR has a look at it and they do rule it out offside. So Van Dyke wasn't offside. He was completely fine. Nothing wrong with him. But Endo. But Endo was just offside. So pretty much. Like I said, he was offside and he just stood in the way and Levi Colwell tried to run through him and due to that, it was called offside because Endo was in an offside position and just stood his ground and Levi Colwell just ran into him, making him unable to follow Van Dyke and possibly stop Van Dyke from headering it. But, I mean... I, that is it is a joke, a complete joke in my opinion. I can't believe they called that for offside. Like Endo, yes, he was offside, but 
he didn't interfere with the play. Like like Levi Colwell very well could have just ran around him, you know, ran past him, but he runs straight into him. Like Endo just stands his ground and it's given offside because Colwell might have stopped Van Dyke from scoring, which he wouldn't have. Like, oh, an absolute joke in my opinion. VAR, an absolute stinker. I think most people's opinion was, yeah, robbed a goal. I can't believe they didn't give it. But, oh, well, they didn't give it. Game's a game. I mean, <laughs> we all know what happens. 1-0, Van Dyke repeats it at the end. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll go on to the other chances. But, yeah, it's like if we lost and because this goal was ruled offside, oh, my, I would be so pissed talking about this chance. And I would spend a lot more time on it. But it doesn't matter as it works out well in the end. But... I thought I definitely have to talk on this because I think a very big joke it was. Very big joke. Pretty big chance for Chelsea. They have a corner. It's whipped into the back post to De Sassi, but it's just that in that weird, awkward height, it's not low enough for him to volley it and it's not high enough for him to head it in. So he takes a touch on his chest onto his quad and then it hits it over and it hits it high and Kelleher is just able to catch it, to catch it. Chelsea once again, Cole Palmer down the right, cuts it back into the box. Gallagher first time hits it across goal and hits the post. Big chance for Chelsea. Gallagher so close to putting Chelsea in front, but hits the post like Gakpo in the first half. Wow. And this is what I'm talking about. Kelleher, what a massive save. So Cole Palmer, once again on the right, slips a ball through the lines to Gallagher, who's running in on goal, one-on-one with the keeper, just to beat, takes a touch, tries to curl it past Kelleher, but Kelleher coming out quick, closing him down and making the save to stop the ball passing him. What a massive chance for Gallagher once again, and what a big save by Kelleher. Chelsea once again have a chance but Kanate with some great defending stops it. So Jackson gets played through. Kanate just a bit lower than the defensive line so he's onside. He's going on goal and he's pretty quick he is but Kanate is coming through, goes to shut him down and does fantastically to do so. Just gets goal side of him and manages to make him just just to stop completely and force him to play the pass back, which which the shot is just fired straight over the bar. <laughs> wow, looking back at these highlights, so many big defensive plays from us. And I knew Chelsea had a fair few chances. And it was and it's very possible that Chelsea, if they put well, no, it's not possible. If they did put their chances away, they would have won. They would have scored more goals than us because they had the better chances. I thought we played better but they had the better chances. And yeah, once again, a little bit later on, then Gallagher hitting the post and Jackson's run, a big just scuffle in the box pretty much. And Cuckoo running in on goal, has a shot. Canade, beautiful slide tackle, bounces back to Gusto. Gusto has a ping, good save by Kelleher. Comes back to Nkuku, has a quick shot. And once again, Kelleher catches that one. And is able to save. Just, yeah, big chance for Chelsea again. And they should put one of them in the back of the net. They had a chance again. 
They had the first chance, didn't go. Another one, nah. Another one, no. Just just unable to finish it into the goal. Kelleher, what a man. So that's all the chances for full time onto extra time. Liverpool with their first big chance in extra time. A cross is whipped in. Van Dyke stays forward and it's Harvey Elliott who does the cross straight to Van Dyke's head. He headers it across goal to Dans who hits it at goal, but Petrovic does a good save to tap it over the bar. Liverpool again. Diaz plays Harvey Elliott, runs inside the box, takes it first time on the half volley and just hits it wide. Goes Hits the side netting, but the outside of it and not inside of the goal. So close, but just another miss. Then, 118th minute. So close to the end of the game. I'm thinking at this point, oh my gosh, it's going to be another nil-nil. Down to penalties again. Oh, this is stressful. But Simikas takes a corner. Whips it in just like the first goal that Van Dyke scored that got ruled out straight to his head and beats the defender that got put on him and just guides the ball far post. What a finish. What a man. Virgil Van Dyke. Should have had a goal in normal time and finished the game 1-0 with the winner. But instead, he gets the goal in extra time for the winner 1-0. And this is definitely where you need somebody to step up and do something. Especially the forwards, the midfielders just can't able to find that goal. So the big defender goes up for the corner for the free kick and slots it away. What a finish. And it just shows you. That's why he's the best defender in the world. Virgil van Dijk. Absolute unreal he is and wins it for us. Just, ah. I could go on for hours about this. Uh, What a player he is. What a game he had. He just scores every chance he took. But I'll cut it there. And yeah, wow. Virgil van Dijk. Liverpool get the job done in a fantastic style, really. Like Gary Neville said, and (laughs) it is pretty spot on and I like it. It's been Klopp's kids against the blue billion pound bottle jobs. And that is exactly what happened. The youngsters coming on for Liverpool for that extra time and they just did really well. And Van Dyke with a goal, just wow. So winners of the Carabao Cup, one trophy out of the four we possibly can get. Now, is the quadruple on? Definitely, that's for sure. Europa League, we're going to look very good and we're going to go far. Minimum the finals, in my opinion. I believe we have Sparta Prague in the round of 16. So, yeah, respectfully to them, getting past them. In the FA Cup, we just beat Southampton. So, we're looking good in there. And then first in the Premier League, of course. Only concern... I have for this is all the injuries we have. Can we keep this up with such little players and such small squad and not a lot of depth at the moment, but the youngsters showing they can get it done in this game. So it's going to be very interesting. Like I've said, the rest of the season, what happens? And it's so good to see in Klopp's last year at the club that he does get at least one trophy. Now, 
do I think will win the quadruple? Now, as a Liverpool fan, of course I do think that. I actually said after three rounds of the Premier League, I said, wow, we're actually going to win it. Like from last season to this season, so much different. And I, yeah, I fully believed that we would win the league. And of course, we haven't done it yet, but it's looking good. And if we can just keep playing how we're playing in the cup competitions, hopefully we get our injured players back as soon as possible. I do believe they can do it, of course. I'm not going to say they're not going to do it as a Liverpool fan because, of course, I believe they can beat any team. They're the best team in the world at the moment, in my opinion. Obviously, if all our players weren't injured. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of hard work, but I do think they can win the quadruple. So, yeah, wow, what a game. Man of the match for this game, of course, it's got to go to Van Dyke. Should have gotten two goals. Well, really, he should have only got one in normal time to win the game for us, but he gets another one in extra time. What, yeah, what a man. Defended unreal, just like the whole back line did. And when you need that player to step up, give you that chance, that is exactly what he did. And yeah, again, I won't say much more on him because what a man. But yeah, man of the match for Liverpool for the Carabao Cup final, Virgil van Dijk. And I don't think anybody can argue with that. A very, very close second though is Kelleher. He had an outstanding game as well, made so many saves, kept us in it, of course, and definitely deserves so much recognition, along with just the whole squad, really, because if it wasn't for the bench, wasn't for the starters, we wouldn't have done it. Like, just that's what I love about Liverpool, just never just the big players, just not just Salah, Nunez, you know, Virgil, as everyone, like, wow. Good to see him win a trophy this season. And yeah, what a win. I was thinking about going through every single player, giving him a rating out of 10. But I think I'm pretty happy what I've touched on so far. You know, of course, bit of a little mini episode, I suppose. But we're just focusing on one game, a massive game, of course. But I just think Everyone played amazing. Like, it's going to be hard not to give everyone 10s, in my opinion, because even Gravenberch getting injured, he can't help that. He did his job. And yeah, just what a game to watch. You love to see it. And I just look forward to the rest of the season. I mean, again, I feel like I am just repeating myself at the moment. But I'm just so happy. We're doing so well at the moment. Flying high. In Klopp's last season, you love to see it. And it'll probably be a, a few players last season. Like, I've seen a few things. Salah, sources saying that he's confirmed to leave Liverpool, possibly going on the Saudi. Obviously, nothing fully, fully confirmed. It was just a former Liverpool teammate, I believe I saw, that said he was going to move. But just one cup of many of the season. Three more to go, in my opinion. And I just look forward to the next game and the one after that. So thank you guys for listening. If you can, rate me five stars, like the episode, whatever you can do would be greatly appreciated to help out the pod. And and again, what a game. Liverpool won, Chelsea nil in the Carabao Cup final. So peace.